Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. So uh, it became very easy for me to hide uh, the things that I was involved with. It eventually led me uh, to rob 13 banks because I was acting out significantly and had developed uh, such a, a great amount of debt that no one knew about. Um, so in total sin management mode, I, uh, I stepped off the rails completely. And after the 13th one, uh, the Lord said in his severe mercy, uh, we've done it your way long enough. Now we're going to do it mine. Roy Yonke is Pastor Paul's guest today, a former pastor, and as you just heard, has experienced brokenness and restoration, and now is executive director of an organization that works with pastors that also need restoration and healing. Welcome to the program, Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was a golden boy. All we can do right now is come together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, it's really great to have you on Life Support. What we do on this program is we tell stories to help you find a deeper relationship with Jesus through suffering and trauma. And uh, it's a unique show, but we think it's important because so often Jesus shows up when we are at our lowest points in life. And a man that's familiar with dealing with folks that are struggling a little bit in different areas of life is our guest, Roy Yonke, and he is the executive director of PIR Ministries. Roy, welcome. Great to have you here. Yeah, good. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you all. So what is PIR Ministries? Yeah, Paul, the, uh, it's an acronym for Pastor in Residence. Um, that's the, the uh, core process that our ministry was built around over 25 years ago. And so uh, we got tired of uh, trying to explain what that meant and just shortened it up to PIR. And um, it's, a, it's a really great ministry that uh, serves a segment of the, the church's life that often gets overlooked. So how did you get interested in ministering to pastors? So I pastored myself for 17 years. Um, and uh, came into ministry with, uh, as, as most of us do, um, some baggage uh, that I had not dealt with. And um, as time went on in my ministry life, uh, that baggage got heavier and heavier and uh, had a major crash and burn myself. So experienced an exit from ministry uh, that affected um, my family as well. And so the, uh, the low point that you uh, talked about at the beginning, the introduction of this, uh, really hit hard for us. Um, I, uh, so let me explain it this way, give you the Reader's Digest version, okay? Um, so I, br I brought a lot of stuff into my ministry unresolved from my family, uh, things re revolving around sexuality. Um, had an experience uh, in the church where that couldn't really be talked about mm -hmm. in any significant way. Um, I think that generation uh, of, of churchgoers back when I was coming to the Lord, it's pretty obvious that you, you didn't talk about those things. You just didn't do them. Um, so uh, it became very easy for me to hide uh, the things that I was involved with. 
Um, it eventually led me uh, to rob 13 banks because I was acting out significantly and had uh, developed uh, such a, a great amount of debt that no one knew about. Um, so in total sin management mode, <laughs> I, uh, I stepped off the rails completely. And after the 13th one, uh, the Lord said in his severe mercy, uh, we've done it your way long enough. Now we're going to do it mine. And so I ended up in federal prison for seven years. And we, when you talked about where Jesus meets us in our suffering, that is where Jesus met me in a brand new and significant way. Hmm. And so uh, he brought into my life some people who could really help me unpack and understand the dynamics of what I was dealing with, um, really begin to take responsibility for uh, my stuff. And, uh, and the Lord brought some, um, some great healing into my life uh, at that point in time. And well, uh, thank you for being so open and honest about that, because uh, that does help give context to why you are concerned uh, for pastors who are in ministry. And I know as a pastor, there's not very many people that you can really talk to. Um, you know, congregants go to community groups, which is great. And I'm in a community group. Uh, when it comes around to how are you really doing, can't say. Because it just isn't appropriate with people that you're shepherding. And it's not that you're trying to hide. It's just not appropriate. Um, and so every now and then you run into a fellow pastor that you can really let your hair down with. What, what do you see as the most common things that pastors are struggling with? What, what, what kind of things come across your desk, so to speak? Yeah, so the isolation piece is huge, um, whether it's geographical or uh, emotional or spiritual. Uh, pastors tend to not have friends. Now, again, I think that's changing a bit. It is a generational thing, I think, for those of us who are older. Uh, but in the younger uh, crew, there's a little more understanding and emphasis on the friendship piece. But the isolation is huge. Um, and that's such a breeding ground uh, in a lot of people's lives for things that can take you off the rails. Mm -hmm. um, overextending, not understanding uh, our limits as human beings. Um, that's, a, that's a huge piece. So that leads to burnout, uh, where you're just uh, extending yourself beyond what you should in ministry and not taking care of your own soul. Um, we, we see pastors dealing a lot with uh, conflict um, and not understanding how to deal with conflict, not having been mentored in conflict navigation and management. Uh, so those are the, those are really big pieces, especially right now that we see. Yeah, I can relate to that. I, there are mornings when uh, I wake up and I my schedule is full of, of meetings that I don't really want to go to and people I really don't want to meet with. And it seems like it kind of goes on and on. And it can be, and, and, and I think as someone who really, you know, most pastors really want to fulfill their calling. They're very serious about it. And it eats at them when they feel these kind of feelings. Like maybe it's... Uh, anger towards someone or feeling like, um, you know, I, I, I don't like working at this church. How could I possibly even think those thoughts, you know? And so how do, what does a pastor do when they start to 
find themselves beginning that process of spiraling? I think uh, self-awareness is a huge piece. So you, you have to know what the warning signs are and pay attention to those. And when they begin to happen, then you definitely need to be reaching out to someone or someones. Uh, there are a lot of good ways to do that. Um, if you have a friend, if you have a coach, a mentor, spiritual director, any of those kinds of, of uh, uh, people that you can reach out to and say, hey, you know what? Um, kind of seeing these things beginning to happen. These thoughts are beginning to recur for me. Uh, I think I need to take a pause here and, and think about this and, and figure out some good strategies uh, going forward. Yeah. And here's the other thing I, I think that a lot of guys struggle with, and I'm, I just say guys because that's my sphere. Um, I'm sure women have a completely other way of dealing with these things, uh, but probably experience similar similar um, thoughts and so forth. But I can't even really talk to my wife because there are things happening in the church that I'm dealing with that I don't want her to come to church and look around and go like, I hate all these people. <laughs> I want her to have joy. And so I just kind of carry it, you know? Is that pretty common for pastors to feel that way? Oh, yeah, it's super common. And um, I, uh, I have become a fan of trying to um, deal with that idea with pastors that your spouse uh, has to be protected. Uh, I'm not entirely sure that that's the best way. Every situation is unique. So you can't just slap a generalization on that. Yeah. But I do think that, that um, the, the challenges and the, the pain of ministry life is better shared. And if you are careful to guard each other's hearts in that and know that um, even in the midst of all the struggles uh, to help each other find the joys, then you're not walking into a situation where you're looking, you know, scant-eyed at people and wondering what they're thinking and, and all the rest. So um, there are certain things, obviously, where, you know, there may be sensitive issues that you wouldn't share. But overall, um, the, the struggles, the challenges, the, the, and the, the blessings of ministry life, I think it needs to be shared. More from Pastor Paul and Roy Yonke in just a moment. This is Steve Johnson, Executive Director of Five Stone Media, a co-sponsor of this program. And we are excited to introduce a brand new video curriculum called Caring for Mental Health. This 10-part series is available at no cost and is designed to help you and others come alongside those who are struggling with mental health. If you'd like to learn more, you can go to lifesupportresources.org. That's lifesupportresources.org. And now back to Pastor Paul. Roy Yonke is our guest, and uh, he is in the pastor restoration uh, business. And so we're just kind of mulling through here. And I do want to get in a, in a few minutes to how churches can can minister to pastors. And, um, and unfortunately, you have a pastor talking to you, so you get to hear all of my issues here in this little uh, counseling session. Um, another thing I think is common for pastors, um, they really want to preach well. They really want to be good communicators. They, they spend time mulling over what they're saying. They spend time writing. They're, they're very, at least the, the men that I 
have been with are very serious, but they rarely get feedback unless it's negative. And so you go home on a Monday and or even a Sunday evening and you go, somebody will say, well, how did it go? I don't know. I have no way of knowing. And that that gets to be very, very difficult because you care so much. And then it just sort of lands and everybody just goes to lunch. And you're left kind of standing there. How does a pastor, Roy, kind of begin to balance what his expectations are for the effect of his ministry? Well, there are so many dimensions to that. Um, so on the pastoral side, the, the person themselves, I think um, without being like super spiritual here, I do think it's a reality that we, we have to take our cue from Jesus. And I think if you look at his ministry, obviously uh, not all of the feedback was good. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, you're, you're in good stead when you're walking as a disciple and following in his path. Uh, even as a pastor, and uh, that's important. Um, I think that for me and for those that we counsel, the the idea of um, that the words you're delivering, as long as you understand it's done in in the context of the audience of one, Mm -hmm. which is God himself, that you're faithful in delivering what he has given to you, um, that can be important. But then I think the flip side of that is a pastor can invite people, uh, select people, if you will, to give feedback, to, to share, you know, how did this impact your life? Not whether I, you know, didn't stutter or had too many uhs and all the rest of that, right. but mm-hmm. how, how do you see this impacting your life? Where do you see the connecting points? And I think those in the congregation can be supportive of their pastors in that way. They can give honest feedback, not just, boy, that really uh, sucked. So, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. but this is, this is, this is how God is speaking to me through that. I, I see this one particular point that really resonated. Yeah. And that's what we do with the young pastors that we're developing. We do exactly that. We, we hear them preach and then we, Hey, let's talk for a few minutes about what we, what I heard. And, you know, I guess why not bring congregations into that and be a part of it. But but like you said, be careful about the people so that you can trust them and then be willing and humble enough to really hear what they're saying, because none of us have this thing down, at least uh, from what I can tell. No, I haven't uh, certainly arrived at that. <laughs> <laughs> what about soul care for pastors, Roy? Like um, so busy, uh, tremendous amount of uh, of pressure. And even saying those words, I feel guilty, like somehow we have this really specially hard job when I've got guys in my church who are working 12 hours a day and, you know, they've got their own pressures. Um, but how, how does a pastor take care of himself or herself when these demands just keep coming at you? Yeah. Well, the first thing uh, is to understand that, and, and I think people in the, the pew need to hear this as well, that ministry life is different there is a dimension to that that is wholly different than if i'm working even 12 hours on the assembly line and i've done that <laughs> mm-hmm. um it the the emotional and spiritual weight of caring for a congregation even the apostle paul uh in corinthians talks about this in his own experience um there's eternal significance to what we're doing and and you're dealing with creatures who have uh, an eternal dimension to their lives 
And so it's totally different. And so the weight can get, if you, if you are thinking about that and you're, you're conscientious about it, you, you can really feel that deeply. So uh, pastors need to acknowledge that. Congregants need to acknowledge that. But then as far as personal soul care, I think it's very, very important that pastors and ministry leaders begin with the idea that they themselves are disciples before they were ever called into a ministry vocation. They still have to sit at the feet of Jesus every day. They have to be immersed in the gospel for them Mm -hmm. every day, not just what they preach on a Sunday and and be um, growing in that and the confidence and the love of Christ for them. Um, and then there are other disciplines, you know, that can be uh, brought into it. I, I usually refer to them as rhythms. Most people resonate with disciplines, mm-hmm. but the rhythms of um, Sabbath rest, uh, every pastor, every ministry leader should take a day that isn't just a day to recoup, but a day to actually rest and um, to let go, you know, in the context of, you know, God has been running the universe long before I arrived on the scene. I'm sure you can handle it today, you know? Um, So that's, that's critical. And other rhythms of um, silence and solitude and, and the rhythm of, of breaking that isolation through community and connection for yourself. Uh, Those are, those are huge pieces and that has, you cannot. (laughs) So we've, I'm sure everyone has heard this. You cannot give away what you don't have. Mm -hmm. And if your soul is not tethered well to Jesus, to the gospel, um, then ministry life can break you and turn you upside down. Yeah, I've I've discovered in my own life, I've been fortunate to have mentors that have helped me. And um, I look forward to that time in the mornings um, when I can just, and you're right, like, Preaching and having your own time with Jesus are two completely different things. They're, they're somewhat intertwined, but if if a pastor thinks that preparing for a sermon is going to get him through, then that's not going to work, because you have to listen to what God is saying to you as well. How has COVID affected pastors, from what you can tell? Every challenge that pastors faced before has been put on steroids. Um, it has impacted them greatly. Barna just put out a report back in November where they noted about 39% of pastors are considering leaving the ministry. I think that's ramped up a little bit, even to 45% in recent months. They're keeping a pretty close pulse on that um, thing. The, the pastors that we coach, two out of three pastors have seriously considered this is not for me anymore. I want to step out and do something else. So it's had a huge impact. Uh, No matter where a pastor lands in the last two years, he's wrong. Uh, Very true. Very true. (laughs) So it's, it's really been a no win situation for most pastors. And um, you you begin to wonder, is this worth it? Mm -hmm. And um, many are asking that question. Well, in all the things you've learned, uh, Many of the strategies you've learned, the rhythms of church life that you've become, you know, through experience, you know, good at being able to handle, they're they're out the window. And you're dealing with things you never, ever thought you'd see coming down the road. And then there's a the disappointment you feel toward how people are acting. And it's just it's just a weird, weird time, I think. Truly is. Yeah. How many how many pastors have bec- had to become technical experts in this context, you know, getting stuff online and. Yep. and all the rest. So yeah, 
Absolutely. So how can a church, um, I, I mean, this is, a, this is too broad a question, but somebody listening right now saying, well, I love my pastor. How can they help their pastor? Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be an advocate for them. So when others want to criticize, uh, they can be the champion and the advocate. Um, they can make known their love in practical ways. They can um, provide encouragement, like we were talking about before, giving the feedback on the sermon, um, treating them as a human being and not just a, uh, somebody special up there talking on Sunday morning. That they, they have needs and uh, issues and family and all the rest, and just know that and treat them that way um, is really important. Um, our past, our, my pastor who, um, is now pastoring in a different, uh, location, just talked a lot about that, about how important it was for us who were in leadership in the church to just treat them, he and his wife, both as human beings, and then provide some very practical things, you know, um, giving them, uh, opportunities to get away, uh, that were apart from vacations, you know, just little things, uh, a day away, a bed and breakfast night you know, whatever it may be, those kinds of things really do become, um, they strengthen a pastor and, and their family in the ways that people don't understand. Yeah, I think that feeds hope into you. And the other thing I wouldn't underestimate is prayer. Um, people always think, well, you know, prayer is kind of the last, sort of the last thing I can do. Prayer is so important. When someone comes up to me and and, and when they mean it, and they say, you know, how are you? I've been praying for you. Is there, and, and this is when I know they're serious is when they say, is there something that really specific that I can pray for you about this week? That means a lot to know there are people, because this is a spiritual war we're fighting here, right? And you need other people to fight with you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and certainly I would not put that at the end of that list yeah. that I just gave. It, it's first and foremost. And I agree with you that it needs to be that specific and that intentional. A friend of mine once termed uh, ministry as stirring the soup of souls. And I've always really liked that definition because it is that kind of just constant kind of grinding away and fighting fighting off the enemy and trying not to see people in a in a bad light, you know, because they're just like me. We're all sinners. We're we're trying to fight our way through this broken world, you know. And I'm sure I'm my own worst enemy at times, which is why what you're doing is is really, really important because um no matter how long you've been in ministry, and I've been in ministry now about a thousand years, um, no matter how long you've been in ministry, you're still a person, you still get hurt, you still struggle with your own feelings. Uh, you get frustrated, you get disappointed in yourself. So how can someone get in touch with you, Roy, if they're, if they're struggling? If, if, even if their pastor might be struggling and they want to just make an inquiry, how do, how do we get a hold of you? Sure. So we're on the web. Uh, they can look for PIR Ministries. Uh, it's uh, PIRministries.org. And uh, that's a good way to find out more about us. And there's a contact page there that they can uh, fill out and gets to us immediately. And we follow up with those immediately. Uh, Certainly, they can email uh, me directly if they're interested. And I certainly wouldn't mind that at all. So it's Roy at PIRministries.org. So those are are the key ways to get in touch with us. We do have a Facebook page as well. People are interested in that. 
uh, as well as LinkedIn. So we have uh, a presence out there in, on the media, uh, in the internet, and people can touch base with us that way, or like I said, email me directly. Okay. Yeah, we um, so much appreciate your time, and I appreciate your openness and your willingness to share your own story. Um, we'll have you back. I have a few more uh, questions for you and, and things I want to mull over with you, but thanks so much for being with us today, Roy. It's, I really appreciate that. Thanks, Paul, and thanks for all you're doing. I appreciate it. Well, you know, as we talk, I think of um, Proverbs 133, but whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. And we've talked about soul care. We've talked about staying in tune with Jesus. And, you know, whether you're a pastor or whether, as we said, you work on the assembly line, you might be a mother, you might be someone taking care of an aged parent, whatever it might be, that connection with Christ is so very, very important. And I can attest in my life, Roy can attest in his life, that when you're tied to Jesus, um, you can get through these difficult times because he is so very, very faithful. And I want you to be encouraged by that today. We're so glad that you listened to Life Support, and we're so thankful for our partners that help make this possible, Faith Radio at MyFaithRadio.com. You can see a video version of this podcast at FiveStoneMedia.com. And you can check us out here at Ridgewood Church, if you'd like, as well, at MyRWC.org. So again, thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time right here on Life Support. for listening to this life support podcast these conversations are available because of listener support you can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com to avoid missing future editions of life support subscribe to the podcast today at itunes or your podcast player and thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of life support